Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Coming up. You know, greed makes people do a lot of dumb things, and I think they think that perhaps the government uh, is just too busy getting all the money out to notice, but they're making a mistake when they, when they make those assumptions. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. What kind of people are doing this, reviving dormant businesses and trying to get away with this? We've seen it through... Any number of professions, people, backgrounds in small business, backgrounds in accounting, backgrounds in, you know, the legal field. I think they understand the paperwork process. I mean, there were people seriously in distress, but this just wasn't the mechanism that they should have chosen. I mean, they defrauded the government. For some people, the pandemic has been an opportunity to take advantage of other people. And in some cases, take advantage of government relief funds, money that should be going to legitimate businesses that need the help. I'm joined by KUSA investigative reporter Jeremy Hohola in Denver. He's been busy uncovering a scam that involves bogus businesses that have been seemingly brought back to life. Jeremy, tell us what you've learned and how you came across this particular crime. Sure. So what we did is we went through government databases, and I know that sounds really boring, but we went through government databases and we went through millions and millions of lines of data showing what businesses got COVID relief monies. And these are monies that are intended to go to small businesses to help pay employees. But as we were going through this government data, as I was scrolling, looking for anomalies, looking for fraud, I found this repeating address that just popped up. And essentially, the deeper we looked, we found 33 bogus businesses that were approved for COVID relief to the tune of $2.3 million dollars. How did you even get the idea to do this? Did you think that these scams, frauds were in existence and, and you might come across something or, or what, did, what did you think? Yeah. So what we did is we I was seeing other news reports across the country about the substantial COVID relief fraud out there. And the Small Business Administration is the holder of these monies. They're the ones responsible for dishing this money out through banks. And Uh, The Small Business Administration, after they were taken to court, eventually released these massive, huge databases showing every single business across the United States that got COVID relief money. And these databases contain substantial data, very good data, like the name of the business, the address of the business, the bank that processed the loan, the number of employees that they claimed uh, would be paid with these loans. And so what we did is we took those massive databases, we whittled them down to Colorado, since I am a Colorado reporter, And as I was scrolling through the Colorado uh, database that we extrapolated out of these massive databases, that's when I was scrolling around looking for this fraud. And I didn't think I would find it right away, but I think it's a testament that, you know, after 10 minutes of scrolling in this database and me, you know, seeing this pattern pop up, it's a testament to how much fraud there is out there. There are estimates, there are government estimates that, that put the fraud across the country at 84 
billion, $84 billion. This includes the PPP loans and the emergency, the other emergency uh, COVID relief uh, programs out there. Uh, it's a substantial amount of money. And uh, I, I've spoken to federal agents about this, and they've told me that they're going to be chasing this money, trying to get some of this money back for the next 15 to 20 years. I mean, that sum is huge. And so let me get back to your search. So uh, first of all, my eyes get blurry just thinking about you looking through these databases. But you said it didn't take that long to see this recurring address. So what did you do next when you when you located this one entity? So what I did is, at first, I almost let this go. Uh, it was an address here in Denver. And at first, I was like, you know, maybe this is just some accountant or lawyer doing paperwork for a number of businesses. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just nothing. Maybe this is just, you know, you know, just typical business as usual. Because, I mean, you have accountants that will be uh, registered on business licenses for multiple businesses. Um, and so when I was looking at this, I was like, okay, so there's all these entities tied to this one address. Let me look up the business licenses. And so I went to the Colorado Secretary of State's office, and they're the holder of business licenses for the state. And I looked up one of the companies. And I remember the moment when I, it hit me, when I looked up one of the companies and then I saw that the company was just resurfaced on paper, their license was renewed about a week before the COVID fund funds were approved. I was like, boom, this is something here. And then I looked at all 33 entities through the Secretary of State's office. I looked up all of their business licenses. And essentially what I found is that these were like zombie businesses that were revived uh, in order to get COVID monies. These are old businesses that existed in the 90s and the early 2000s. Somebody went in using a, a man's name by the name of Greg Folk or Greg Folk himself, went in, paid a fee, renewed the business licenses to make these entities look like they were in good standing. And then seven to nine days later, each of these entities were approved for loans uh, to a tune of $2.3 million. What, what kind of businesses are they? Are they all over the map? Yeah, they're all over the map. One is like a, a, a dog training company. One was a VHS store rental company. <laughs> that goes to show you how old these companies are. Another one was a bronze casting company, an old window installation company. Uh, they, they run the gamut. Uh, and these are old businesses. At one point, they were legit businesses, but they dissolved years ago. And I, I spoke to some of these business owners uh, one of them was a guy uh, who lives out in California now. And I, when I called him up, he was like, what? I had no idea this was going on. And uh, he said this was just something that he didn't expect to happen to him. Does the name Gregory Folk ring a bell? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No, I, until you reached out to me, I had no clue that this was even going on. They got a a $74,000 loan and wow. yeah, seventy-four thousand dollar loan, and that there were apparently three people working for this company. This is called business identity theft. Like you hear, you hear of people getting their identity stolen, but there's a whole other criminal enterprise that's dedicated to stealing the identities of businesses, and it's pretty pervasive. And with this fraud, with this COVID fraud, the IRS told us, uh, the IRS Criminal Investigations Division told us what we found is very common in what they're seeing now, now that they're trying to get some of this money back. 
And you mentioned that some of these business licenses had been renewed, say, a week before they then asked for this relief money. I think that's what you you said. Were all of them renewed or were some of them just completely still defunct and hoping to get money even if they didn't exist or didn't have a new license? They were all renewed. All of these entities were renewed. Okay. Yeah, the IRS called it reviving dormant businesses. Uh, that's the term that they use. I, I like to call them zombie businesses because they're dead, and then all of a sudden they come back to life on paper, and then they're used to get all of these COVID monies. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And the money is coming from, tell me again, the money is coming from different COVID relief organizations or the government? It's coming from the government. So uh, when... When Congress passed the CARES Act as essentially injecting trillions of dollars into the economy to save the economy during the pandemic, they they created these programs. One of them is called the PPP program. That's the Paycheck Protection Program. And what that means, it's monies that can go to small businesses in the country. And those loans are forgivable as long as the business can demonstrate to the government that they were used to pay employees. Uh, it's, it's, it's essentially free money. They're free loans. Uh, they're forgivable loans if you can demonstrate that. But what happened here is when all of this money went out, the SBA, the Small Business Administration, which is a federal agency, which is the caretaker of this money, they, they, they use banks at the local level, like a lot of local banks will be the middlemen to process these loans, to process these government loans. And banks made a tremendous amount of money off of this too, because each loan, they get a fee. They make money off of each loan. But then you also had these other entities called financial tech companies. They're called fintechs, uh, financial tech companies, and they're kind of like banks. And one of them is called Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. And ProPublica did this story about Cabbage, where it was essentially like an app where someone could go online, apply for a COVID relief loan very easily, and with little to no oversight, this money would be approved and the money would flow. And so ProPublica found that there were numerous fake farms across the country that were created and were used to uh, get monies through cabbage. And what we found is the, the entities that we looked at here, the 33 entities here in Denver, all used the financial tech company cabbage to get these monies. So it's a double-edged sword because the government really wanted to pump the, the money into small businesses. You know, people were hurting. And, you know, if, if, they, if the government do, didn't do that, the economy would have collapsed and we would have been in a very dire situation but in order to get the money out quickly, you have to have, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you can't have too much red tape. If you have too much red tape, it makes it harder to get the money, uh, but you have to make it easy. But when you make the money easy to get, it's also easy to get for fraudsters. Were you able to get to an actual person behind the address that you kept coming across? So the, the name, the, the registered 
agent or owner of these entities is a guy named Greg Folk. He's an accountant or was an accountant here in Colorado. When we tracked down his wife, she told us he died a few months after all of these loans were processed. I don't mean to catch you off guard. No, 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 that's fine. My name is uh, Jeremy Hohol. I'm a reporter for Nine News. The reason I'm approaching you, Elizabeth, I'm trying to find a man named Gregory Folk. Can you help me find Gregory Folk? He's deceased. He's deceased. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry no, to catch you off guard like no, this. I and, just don't yeah. know anything about it. Okay. Yeah, we we're we're talking about potentially up to two million dollars worth of taxpayer money here that oh may have God. that may have been funneled through these businesses. Yeah. He had COVID. He had COVID. He got okay. COVID in February of last year, uh-huh. and it killed his kidneys. Uh-huh. And so he went into kidney failure and okay. he was really, really sick all of last year. He hardly worked at all. I want to talk with you. Okay. I want to sit down with you, show you what we found. Absolutely. And maybe you can help us find out what's... I would be what's happy re- to figure what, out who did that yeah. because somebody had to really... He had some clients that were very unhappy and he had some clients that he had stopped mm-hmm. working with because they were kind of shystery. She believes that his identity was stolen uh, by one of his, quote, enemies. Uh, Greg Folk was actually a, a registered CPA here in Colorado. His, his license expired back in 2015 or so. So he was actually a legit accountant. But uh, during 2020, when all of these loans were being approved, he was alive, but his wife says that he was way too sick to do any of this work and that she believes that his identity was stolen. What do we know about that? We don't know. I don't know if Greg Folk did this or not. What we do know is that his name is registered to all of these 33 bogus businesses. Man, what a tangled web. Yeah. It's it was something like it was like I'm not a I'm not a white collar crime investigator, uh, but now that I feel I, I feel like I am one now after going through all this paperwork. Uh, you know, and we essentially just chase the paper trail online. Uh, the paper trail these days is essentially easy to click on and download. And you could see the digital footprint there of these culprits that went out there and just took all of this money. Jeremy, it's just an ugly crime, taking advantage of money that should be going to businesses that really need the help. And it sounds like maybe it's just the tip of the iceberg. I think I think what this is a testament to is how quickly I was able to find this. And I'm, I'm just a reporter. I'm not a white collar crime expert. I'm just a reporter going through government data and I'm not an expert. If, and if I, a guy like me, was able to find this fraud, I think it's a testament to show that that shows how much fraud is out there that has yet to be discovered. All right, Jeremy, thanks for talking to us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday, with new episodes. Be sure to let your friends and family know about The Daily Crime. We'll see you next time. For Vault Studios, Will Johnson. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University, Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? 
Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.